What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Remember Country Music. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Corbus. Today, we have Jacob Bryant. Jacob, man, thanks for joining with me. I know you're on dad duty right now, as you said. So, you know, this is uh, awesome that you get to take a lot of time for me, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So, um, if you don't know Jacob, well, actually, I'm going to start with this, Jacob. This, this is what I'm going to say, is that I have been listening to country music for not very long when it comes to some people. Like, I didn't grow up on it. I started listening when I was probably you know, late high school, but I have been listening to you since then for a very long time. I've been like, I mean, in my <laughs> eyes, since I started listening to music, you were there. So it's super cool to have you here and hang out with me. Um, yeah, man. Absolutely. I'm into your music and I think you're awesome. I think I, what, what I gravitated to in the beginning for me was, and I don't know why it was this way, but I'm really into like rock country, which is like your, your kind of sound. Um, oh yeah. But, and I grew up on rock music, so maybe that's why but I kind of had to find that sound. So how did you, one, how did you find your sound? Because I don't know, it's not like a traditional thing. Like if you grow up on rock music, then yeah, but your voice is so like unique and it's got that like, that like rasp to it that like you don't usually hear. So how do you find that? How do you like? Man, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I started completely on the other end of the spectrum. I started in bluegrass. Um, wow. My grandparents had a, uh, a little bluegrass band growing up and we'd sit on the front porch and pick and grin on the weekends kind of thing and um we did all that for a little while and then i guess the first time i ever performed in front of anybody i, I was in a praise and worship group at a church and as you know a lot of that like contemporary christian music is kind of sort of like a rock alternative kind of sound um so somehow i married like bluegrass and old country with whatever that rock was and just kind of created whatever i am now you know i mean between like keith whitley george jones Vern gosden like all those influences and then also listening to guys like travis tritt who mixed blues and rock and and country and and uh skinner and blackberry yeah, smoke yeah. there's so many of those guys that that I looked up to growing up, um, Almond Brothers, of course, being from Georgia, I'm a huge Almond Brothers, Greg Almond fan. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird, man. I, I don't really, uh, that's one of the main questions I get asked all the time is where did that come from? Because there's only one other dude that I know of that does kind of sort of similar thing to what I do. And that's like Aldean, some of yeah. his early stuff. And I but, love, early, I mean, I love Aldean in general, but I'm really, into well, it. and I've been on a, I don't know why, I don't know if you get like this, but when I listen to music, sometimes it happens where I just get on a kick where I just listen to it all the time. Like, and that's kind of what I, and then I won't listen to it for, you know, a certain amount of time and then I'll go back to it. And right now I'm on a, like a really like early 2000s Aldine kick. And oh yeah. That, that, re that relentless record was the bomb, dude. Yeah. I saw that him in concert in uh, February in Knoxville right before, you know, this whole COVID thing hit. And uh, it was a, it was a party. It was fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Rich, his drummer, was actually a, a cool influence of mine. He's actually played drums before I was ever a frontman or singer or whatever. But um, he's always been super humble and cool, and you got to see him live a couple times. It's definitely, it's definitely cool. Him it, between Aldine and probably Brantley and Kid Rock, that's probably the best three country concerts I've ever been to. I saw Brantley too. I saw Brantley and uh, oh man, I saw Brantley probably 20 maybe early 2016 or something like that maybe 2015 and luke combs opened for him which is kind of interesting and it was terrible the concert was great but my experience was terrible there's a lot of reasons why the venue sucked it was just like they weren't very 
I, I carry a, uh, uh, a jawstring bag. I'm a diabetic and they would not let me bring the bag in. So then they made me buy their own bag and the bag was too small for my stuff, like everything I had to carry. So I was pissed. It was oh, a really bad concert experience, but the concert was great. So it just, but that was cool. I, I love Brantley too. I'm really into Brantley. Yeah, Brantley, uh, he's actually only from about two hours from where I'm from in Jasper. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he invited us up to Connecticut. We played the Mohegan Sun Arena with him. And that was my first arena gig. He let us open for him up there. And been definitely a huge influence of mine too. I mean, he does that. He, he's actually probably more on the rock side than I am as far as like a hybrid between country and rock. But mm -hmm. Um, he was also a huge influence, more so on the songwriting side, like some of his like softer ballads and things like that. I, like early, early on too, right? Oh like, yeah, for, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I started, you know, listening to his modern day Prodigal Son record, and my Which mother is just back. yeah, oh yeah, it is great. That's my favorite record to this day that he has. Um, but yeah, after my mom passed away in 2010, man, like some of his songs are the only reason I kind of got through that, you know, and I'll always give credit to, you know, where credit's due. Um, and, and I don't know, man, he's to this day, man, I always have respect for him for sure. Yes. He he's uh he's really cool. And I, I, you know, I honestly think I may have been listening. Like I told you, there was a handful of country artists I listened to and, and you and him were two that I gravitated towards. And that's probably because of, you know, the similar sound. Um, off the off the top, did you like Mohegan Sun? I spent a um, I went to school in Connecticut, and I spent a lot of time. I interned for iHeartRadio in Hartford and New Haven. Oh, that's awesome! And man. I spent a lot of time at Mohegan Sun doing events for different concerts and stuff like that. I saw I saw Luke Combs in Mohegan. I like Mohegan a lot. I just think there's a lot of it's just annoying to get to because you have to walk through. It's just a pain in the ass. But well, I, I, I was spoiled as shit because we just pulled up in a bus and backed under it because yeah. where the buses park is like up under the. The, the actual venue but i didn't actually get to enjoy the casino part of it unfortunately because i'm i'm a roulette addict <laughs> when there's a casino nearby i gravitate to it but um but I'm, no, a black I jack guy. I'm a blackjack guy myself I, I lose my ass when i play blackjack no but you it. have no idea when i i went me and my uh there's so in connecticut uh, there's a town in Mass called Springfield, and it's about a half hour away. And there's two casinos, Mohegan, and then there's MGM, which is in Springfield. So my buddy, mm -hmm. we would go back and forth. Everyone, like, like not all the time, but you know, every once in a while, and we would play blackjack. And there was this one time that I went in, and it was my first time playing. I think anywhere, honestly, this was like really. This may have been last year, but um, we go in and we start playing, and I and I'm like, <sighs> he was down a hundred bucks, and I was up like 180 maybe more and i was like you know what i could walk because to me for a college kid that was like that was like some beer money for the week that was like I was a about lot to say you're money. good for the weekend man i was set and i was like i was like i could just walk away with it right now but he was like let's let's see if you can make because i was on a roll so he was like you could probably make more and i'll make my money back and of course this is what happened he started making his money back and i started going down and i ended up walking away with 20 bucks i was pissed <laughs> i was pissed oh yeah I got up to 1300 on roulette and I, my, my rule is anytime I play in a casino, I take 200 bucks. If I lose it, I'm done, you know, whatever, but 200 bucks, I always go either put it on black or red and double up immediately on roulette. And, uh, 90% of the time I'll just follow the patterns and, uh, play the outside, but I 90% of the time I'll double up. So what I do is I put the 200 back in my pocket and then I'm playing free money. But I got all the way up to like 1300 extra bucks one time and I got a little cocky with it and I was like, ah, I can't lose, you know, and I put all, I put all of it on one side and lost it. Oh man, I was oh. pissed. 
then they have those virtual roulettes now too so that's a whole well, th those things are like made to take your money though. that's the thing i don't know if i'd want to play those like it's just no no if, if there's not a live dealer i don't play any of it yeah i don't i don't know if i would do that you know everything's getting all you know technology based these days which well, is like, i mean think think about it computers way smarter than we are so they they, they have algorithms to that crap <laughs> isn't that ridiculous to think about like even if you're like like let's say we're talking about something and i go on the internet and then it comes up it's so crazy oh, yeah. it's nuts oh yeah trust me i i was like anti any kind of smart devices in my house forever now i have a, an alexa in my house and i'm like oh lord they're listening to everything i'm saying my, my parents have that too downstairs and i uh I get a little nervous every time you try it. Like even even if me and my dad are talking about something, he'll be like, "What if the Alexa's hearing hearing us right now?" Which it probably is. So. Well, I mean, they're listening to us anyway. It don't matter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Um, so what's going on? What do you? I mean, I know you just got married, so that's a big yeah. congratulations there. Thank uh, you, bro. You know, you have a baby girl, and uh, that's that's a whole other ball game. But when it comes to you know doing this and you know being in the world that we're living in when it comes to COVID and quarantine, things like that. And being a songwriter, have you been able to, do you do the zoom song rights? Like, do you like that? I don't know. Like, what do you, man, to be honest with you, I haven't done any co-writes since COVID. Um, the only thing I've been writing is kind of by myself at the house, but I, I mean, we've been lucky enough to have a couple shows here and there. Mm -hmm. um, we played Sturgis and Sioux Falls with Cody Johnson and then just did Iowa last week. And then this weekend we're in Alabama and Valdosta, Georgia, but, um, no, nah, man. I mean, the COVID thing hasn't necessarily affected me as much as like what you see on media outlets, because we're not in a city where I live. We're in the middle of nowhere. I think there's only been three or four cases in my entire county. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're still being careful. I mean, I have family members with heart disease and my grandfather had part of his lungs taken out because he was a smoker his whole life and things like that. So we've been, we've been kind of trying to be as careful as we can, but also like, I mean, damn you can't live scared to death all the time either you know so we've me and my wife have kind of got to the point now where it's like man it's a virus it's not going to put on shoes grow legs and ever go away i mean yeah. the regular flu never went away either so it's like everybody's going to have to get immunity to this thing at some point you know we can't just live scared forever so i don't know i mean i just i try to find some sort of normalcy with it and try to write songs when i'm at home and i've actually been helping my brother-in-law run a little construction business since we haven't been able to tour as much. And that was actually kind of fun for me because we were doing, you know, almost 200 shows a year at one time. And it was, uh, you know, getting to the point where I was a little bit burnt out on it, to be honest with you. And, and just like anything, any, anything, regardless if you love it or not, if you do it enough, you kind of get a little bored with it. But yeah. I, we, when we were doing that many shows, I kind of, I told my wife, I was like, man, I got to slow down. I'm, I'm getting to the point where this ain't even fun anymore. And, um, this COVID thing hit and then I got to go like mess around with construction again, which is what I did before music. Um, and it was actually fun for me because it was like, Oh crap. I can, you know, I still remember how to do all this from yeah. 12 years ago, but, um, coming back around, I mean, the COVID thing actually for me has been a little bit of a blessing because I got to come off the road, see my daughter grow, spend some time with my wife, go back to being the nine to five guy for a minute and understand like, you know, everything's going to be all right. Stop getting burned out and realize how blessed you actually were kind of thing in the music industry. And, you know, having the song like out there that I wrote with Luke Combs and things like that, you know, keeps the lights on and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's definitely, it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse with the COVID thing, but it's also, you know, definitely an eye opener um, yeah. at least for me and, and probably a lot of people in this industry. Hey, um, 
I, I find the same thing. Like, you know, uh, pretty often when it comes to, when people bring up, you know, how it's negatively affecting, obviously, but there are positives to it. Cause I, I, I use this example all the time and I might sound like a broken record of people who, you know, gratefully listen to me on a weekly basis. But um, I, like I say, like I would not have started this probably without all of this going on. Like this would not have happened. I, pro- I mean, I had right. ideas of starting a podcast, but I was still in school. Like mm-hmm. I, if, if, if I, if I was still in school, I started this in like started seriously, like beginning of May, if I was still in school, I probably wouldn't have started until like the end of the summer. And then I'd be right. at that point. So it's kind of cool that, that, that I had the chance to do this and I had the chance to you know, try and do my best to make any sort of name for myself, whatever that might be, that could be no one, but, um, you know, connections are a big thing. So, um, that's where it comes right. from, like the blessing and the curse aspect of it. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. Right. I agree. Like you just said that you, um, are a co-writer on out there with uh, the song by Luke Combs. Um, also Ray Fulcher's on that. Uh, oh yeah. See. James McNair. James McNair. That's the name I was looking for. Yep. And uh, obviously Luke. So what is that? Can you just talk about that a little bit? Talk about how that kind of came to be yeah. where that, where all those connections came from? Cause those are all obviously huge. I mean, uh, besides Luke, obviously, I mean, everyone knows Luke, but besides Luke, you know, yeah. they're all like incredible songwriters. You're all big names. They're like, where did that all come from? The relationships, things like that. Yeah, man. It uh, my my manager Jeff Catton actually has a uh, songwriters retreat at his house um, up here in Jasper um, a couple times a year. And basically, what happened is, as I had made some contacts, you hear the baby yeah. dropping at me for working back here. He had started this songwriter thing, and uh, I'd made some contacts in Nashville with a guy named Taylor Phillips who introduced me yep. to Luke. And, um. Anyway, Luke and I kind of hit it off pretty much right off the rip and had started writing some songs and whatnot. So he came down and anyway, long story short, um, that week or weekend, whatever you want to call it, uh, we'd sat around and messing around. We couldn't figure out what we wanted to write about. And finally we were like, man, you know, somebody said like, what do you want to write about? And I remember looking out the window and off Jeff's deck, it's nothing but looking at like mountains and you can see Amapola Falls off his back deck and said, I don't care what we write as long as we write it out there. And I'm pretty sure it was either Ray or James that said like, there's our title right there. So anyway, we started writing and it it ended up being, you know, one of Luke's favorite tunes and he ended up cutting it. And that was a blessing right there for sure. That was my first, uh, I guess, plaque on the wall at the time I was still living in a single wide trailer and I always joke about it. It's like, I guess I'm the only dude from Jasper, Georgia with a gold record on a single wide wall. (laughs) But, But like, um, you know, now it's probably, I, I haven't even looked at the numbers, but he's probably double, if not triple platinum with that record by now. But yeah, um, yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's a blessing, man. Luke's a super good guy. Ray and James, all, all those dudes, man, they're, they're really good people and they work their ass off. So I was, I was blessed to even be in the room with them. That's uh that's super cool. And that's a, that's a cool story because you think about it and it's like that name came from the most simple thing ever. And oh yeah like you like it didn't it didn't have any thought you were just like that's what i want to write about and it's a jam like it's a song that pretty much if, if i mean if you're a country music fan you know that song like there's no way you don't so um that's so cool that you're able to just you know come up with that and you guys were able to like put your heads together and um, roll with that song and obviously it's a hit so that's that's super cool you came out with your um with your first uh album last year right um yep practice Practice what what yep um it's got absolute jam sandwiches like i like to say called uh you got poor whiskey on my grave 
talk about a song. Um, Best part of me is you just so many jams on there. Um, what was it like, you know, you're, you're cutting your teeth in songwriting, you know, doing your thing. What is it like to, you know, finally put out that full, that full album? I mean, the songs got the, the album's got 12 tracks on it. That's a, that's a pretty good size album. Yeah, man. Um, making that record was really a long process. It took us almost two years to record it. Um, cause I'm super picky with songs. We probably went through, I don't know, 60, 70 songs before I ended up deciding what I was going to cut because at the time, you know, with going through a divorce at the time, um, and you know, just kind of dealing with personal stuff, I didn't have a whole lot of time to write. Um, that particular record, I ended up cutting a lot of outside songs, which I don't normally do. Um, but anyway, long story short of all of that, um, that record, the day that I found the song for Whiskey on My Grave, what happened, I was, I was at a writer's retreat and in Nashville, and the guy had called me and said, hey, will you do this round with me at the Tin Roof? And I said, yeah, for sure. Jake Worthington's going to be on it. Cool. Some dude named Jamie Grooms. And I said, I don't know if I know Jamie Grooms. Well, we get to the writer's round, sit down, I play a song, Jake plays a song. Well, then Jamie Grooms goes off into poor whiskey on my grave. And my, like my jaw dropped, like in two seconds, the whole when I'm gone, don't bring me pretty flowers thing. Because I always go to my mom's grave on her birthday and pour a beer out with and drink one with her. Um, so like that, that moment when I was sitting on that stool and Jamie's playing the song to my left over here, I'm like, looking at him going, damn, dude, like, why didn't I write that? You know, like, that's exactly, like, is he saying exactly what I do and what I feel? And uh, anyway, I look at my manager in the crowd and I'm like, dude, get this song. You need to call whoever you need to call and get me this song. We ended up being able to get it now in our brands that we wrote many songs together, including Practice What I Preach, which ended up being the title track for that record. Um, and we've wrote many other ones since then, but yeah, it, it's it's weird how everything comes full circle too. Because one of my most popular songs, even before that record, was a tune called "This Side of Sober," oh, and yeah. uh, the dude that wrote that, Joel Shoemake, um, is now you know a very good friend of mine, and also a guy I wrote some songs with, and um, he actually wrote "Baptized by the River." So it's it's weird, man. You end up learning these people and becoming friends with them somehow you know and it's one of those things i think god puts who who needs to be in your life in your life sometimes yeah. so it's like it's it's a networking thing when it comes down to it because you know oh, you're yeah. meeting these guys and and you know one day they may give you a call and say like i wrote this you know i wrote this song and i think it'd be perfect for you or, or things like that and that that could go with anything with whatever you're doing um oh, yeah. after doing all of these you know everyone's there to help the next person and no oh, yeah. one's there to really, I mean, yeah, there's competition involved, but it's not, you know, I'm going to do something so that you don't get this. It's, it's all, you know, kind of a, kind of a, a networking circle. Like, you, you know, you're all, you all kind of know each other in some aspects and obviously there's, you know, different people here and different people here doing different things, but it's kind of cool that it's just all this one big networking circle, which I think is awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, For sure. Yeah, yeah, the music industry, music industry is definitely uh, a little bit, like you said, has a little bit of competition involved. But I don't think uh, I don't think anybody has any ill will for anybody. Um, people just need to help each other and understand the grind. And sometimes, honestly, the grind is what makes you a better artist too. Like back when I first started, I was so like gun ho on, oh, I need a record deal or oh, I need this and blah 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 blah. And at the end of the day, like 
none of that even matters as long as it's about the song you know you need to focus on the music focus on what you're trying to say to people you know and and if i can help somebody with something i've wrote or somebody getting through addiction or you know whatever it's uh it, that's the reward for me i mean i don't even care about a record deal anymore i'm doing it indie and old school grassroots way and i ain't chasing the whole you know i want to be famous thing or anything like that like some people do i don't know man i'm just gonna do it because I, yeah, I love I think, it and, i think that's so cool though because there's and especially now you can essentially put out what you want when you want to put it out and that's yep. not necessarily true if you were you know signed somewhere and no they, they tell you what you're gonna put out exactly <laughs> So, the which thing, ain't never gonna work with me. So exactly, whoever whoever's ever gonna send me a record deal, don't send one if you're gonna tell me what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I that that's that's you know that's something to to be said because especially you know you saying you're you're gonna put out what you want to put out when you want to do it, and then you also go ahead and write what you want to write when you want to write it, or you know choose a song that you like. And that's, that's not cause, cause you can't do that otherwise. And I had a, I had a buddy of mine, my, my friend, like last week said um, something along the lines of, I forget what the reason why, what, what it was about, but there was a song that came out and he was like, why does it sound different than the demo? And I was like, well, you're an idiot because all songs pretty much sound different than the demo. And if you're signed to a label, you can't put out a demo. A demo will never like approve, be approved by a label. But if you're independent and you want to put a demo out, go ahead and put a demo out. So, and he was like, but the point of an artist is being able to put out what you want to put out. And I said, this is not how it works in the music business and in, in business in general. You just can't put out whatever you want if you're under contract. It's just not how it goes. Um, yeah, I mean, some some people like Luke, you know, I mean, Luke was very fortunate because people like Cappy and Lynn Oliver Klein and, you know, his team behind him, let him be Luke. And he was kind of an exception to the, you know, I guess, whatever you want to call it, music scene, um, as far as like somebody trying to change somebody thing. But, you know, a lot of times it's not, it's not always the label's fault either. I mean, some of these artists, they just want to be famous and they'll do whatever they can do to do it. And like, if you're doing it for that reason, you're in it for the wrong damn reason. You need to write songs because you love songs and it's therapeutic for you and you love what you do. But I don't know, man. I mean, like I said, everybody's got their different grind. I do it because I'm somebody that's dealt with severe depression, anxiety, like all kind of crazy stuff after my mom passed and having a heart attack at 19 years old. And I dealt with a lot of dark shit, you know, you, you had a heart attack at 19. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it was a, let's just say it was self-inflicted. It wasn't health problems. I was, uh, I was working a night shift job and drank six Red Bulls in two hours and had taken a, oh um, one of my little brother's Adderall pills and that, that combination don't go real good. So I ended up with a chemically induced heart attack by the time I was 19. So leave energy drinks alone, kids. If anybody's listening, I promise you that. Cause I've I'm, never had, I'm I've only ever had one ever in my entire life. And I've never, well, stay away, stay life. away from him. Some bitches. Cause I'm telling you, they'll kill your ass. The doctor told me they had somebody come in there the day before I was in the ER. There was a kid came in and wasn't as lucky as I was. And he passed away from the, almost the exact same scenario, but going through all that kind of crap, it was a, it was a weird road for me for sure. But um, music is therapy to me. And I think people need to, you know, understand that each person that puts out a song 
you know, they have a story to tell, regardless they wrote the song or not, they cut it because something about that song meant something to them, mm -hmm. you know, and e either it was something like for whiskey for me, it was like one of those were like, damn, I, that sounds like something I wrote, you know, but yeah. I didn't. So it was like, I have to cut it. But uh, that's a, that's super, that's, that's really important because like you just said, music is therapy. And even for someone who's not like, I'm not musically talented, but you know, I take, I take songs that, that mean something to me, but you know, obviously sometimes they have to be changed a little bit. Like they don't necessarily relate to me, right. to bottom, but you know, it's, um, it's something we said about the fact that that music, music is therapy, music heals, music help, music helps, and um, that's super important even even today. Oh yeah, like even today, it's very important. It's incredible. For sure. You big, uh, you're a big motorcycle guy. You just bought a new bike. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Funny story about that. I uh, I got married and then had to leave like three days later to go on tour, and went in Black Hills Harley Davidson up in Sturgis for a T-shirt and walked out with a new Street Glide special. So my uh, my my newlywed wife was not real happy with me when I How got. How the home hell does that happen? How do you go in for a T-shirt and come out with a bike? <laughs> That's called being a dumbass, is what, what that <laughs> is. But but no, I uh, I don't know, man. I've always been a big Harley guy, and I have a '06 Dyna Wide Glide too that is paid off, and I love riding it. But it got to the point where I was like, man, I want I want something we can kind of cruise a little more long distance on, and and be able to be comfortable and whatnot, and. It's all black. All that, all that good mess. It's it's called a river rock denim is the color of it. Oh. It's like a it's like a dark charcoal gray matte with like a little bit of like gold flake in it. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. I've always honestly wanted a bike, but uh, I think if I ever did, my mom slipped my throat. So uh, we don't. I don't know. <laughs> but I uh, I've always you know entertained the idea of maybe one day if I ever got a shot because I love things with with motors. Like I just love I oh, just yeah. love to get on anything with a motor and I love to go fast. So. Um, so I think that's cool. That's so cool. And it's so funny. You just came out with the bike. That's honestly, that's something I would do. Well, what, what sucked was I had to go out to my trailer. We were in the tour bus with the trailer and everything and all the gear. And it was like, I either got to ride this bike for the rest of the tour. I called my, at the time, the guy that was working for me or whatever for that run, I called my tour manager and say, hey, I need to get the bus ready and get the trailer unloaded because I'm about to put a Harley in it. And he's like, you did. He's like, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> So, so anyway, we had to unload all the merchandise out of the front of the trailer, all the gear out, <laughs> like everything, all the crew stuff, and put the Harley all the way in the front and put load bars in front of it to keep the gear from running into it. It, it was uh, not my smartest decision of all time. but And I think you I, gave I, a lot of people headaches, too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It caused but, a lot of headaches. But, I mean, it's one of them things, like, I always remember that, like I'm kind of spur of the moment bought a Harley at the 80th Sturgis rally, you know, just because kind of thing. So I'm like, what hey, why not? Honestly, live it. Live it well, up. Well, you, you can't take it with you when you go kind of thing. And I grew up stupid poor. So now that I've, you know, been blessed enough to have a little bit of financial stability, it's like, why not treat yourself here and there? Kind hey, of thing, see, so. I, I agree with you. I, I honestly really do agree with you because the way I see it is uh, in, in, in a year, where is that, you know, or – 10 years, five years, where's that money actually going to be? You might as well enjoy it while you can. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, here I today, gone tomorrow is the way I look at it. You never know when your time's going to be called, you know, so you're right. Just, uh, you're right. I try to be good to this little baby I'm holding right here and have fun while I'm, while I'm living. And then one day she'll ride the Harley. <laughs> oh yeah. She's already rode it. <laughs>
Stay off the roads. <laughs> I, 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 put, I put her in, on my tank and ride her up and down our driveway. <laughs> <laughs> so you got, you got a new song coming out 28th, Baptized by the River. Uh, I don't know what you can say about it. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, we actually just inked a deal um, with a sister company of uh, Universal UK. Cool. Um, and they're going to re-release my practice of what I preach record over in the United Kingdom, Europe, all that stuff. But um, that particular endeavor um, hopefully is going to involve this baptized song and there, there'll be a huge push for that. And um, hopefully we can make that happen. But anyway, long story short, the baptized song, like I mentioned earlier, Joel Shoemake, my good buddy, wrote it. And uh, it was just something I felt like needed to be said right now with everything in the world going on. It's kind of crazy. And it's just, uh, it's a weird world we live in and there's a lot of hate and a lot of hurt and whatever. And it, it'd be nice if everybody would just, you know, set their pride and, and all that crap aside and sometimes just go back to the easy peasy, get baptized in a river and wash all this crap away kind of thing. And um, you'll hear it when you hear the lyric though. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty deep song, um, metaphorically, metaphorically speaking, but it's, a, it's just one that I really, for some reason, gravitated towards and I'm, I'm super stoked that Joel let me cut it. That's awesome. Um, going off that a little bit, do you, would you prefer those like fast paced rock songs? Do you, do you like cutting those more or do you like, you know, slowing down, writing a ballad kind of thing? Well, to be honest with you, I've never been good at writing faster songs. I'm, my forte has always been crying your beer, straight up old traditional country songs and or like love songs. Um, I've always been a ballad type of guy, but recently, you know, I've been writing some tunes like a, a song that we wrote that'll be on this next record called Wash It Down. It, it's talking about like sometimes when everything at work or whatever is getting you down, it's like all you need is a, you know, a good old country song and a beer to wash it down. You know, it's a, it's a cool upbeat kind of thing, but <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a, a softy when it comes to my songwriting. I like, I like either sad as hell, make you want to bow up and cry country song or love song as far as like my writing ability. I'm kind of, sure. I'm kind of, uh, I'm a sucker for like a slow, like sad song. I'm going to be honest with you. Major sucker. I got, I, got, I got one on this next record called Addicted to Heartbreak. You'll like dude. All right. All right. I, uh, yeah, that's, that's like, that's kind of my thing. I don't know why. I mean, I love like a really good jam every once in a while, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know why. And they're perfect in like the car too, <laughs> or like in yeah. the shower. Yeah. That's like my thing. New album's coming out eventually, one of these days. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when that will be, but you know. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't either, because we, we've cut 25 tracks and we still don't know which one's going to be the 12 we pick. So <laughs> You really are picky with your songs, man. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm weird. It's got to be. Everything you release has to be 100% you. You can't just put out something just to put out something, man. I respect, I, that. I, I respect that. That's a, that. That is very respectful. But, man, thanks so much for, uh, you know, coming and hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. This is awesome, you know, getting to, getting to know you, getting to know your story, getting to know how you uh, write songs. Like I said, I've been listening to you for a while, so this was super cool. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to a new song. That's, that's another episode of Remember Country Music. Got a new song coming out August 28th called Baptized by the River. Everyone go listen to it, stream it. Go listen to all his music wherever you listen to music. Please, um, he's a sick artist. He's got a great sound, and he's got some great jams. And I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing everything that you got coming out. And uh, hopefully, you know, you get back in that groove and get back on the swing of touring and things like that. But um, for the time being, uh, I'm looking forward to the new song. So, listen. 
Everybody remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars if you love the episode, and follow us on Instagram, please, at RCM underscore podcast. As always, I'm Kyle Corbus. That's Jacob Bryant, and uh, I'll see you next time.